Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is May 4th, 2023, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hi everyone, welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger and I have a guest joining us today. Brett is out on parental leave. He's got a new baby at home, their first little baby Evie, and so he'll be with her. But I am coming to you today with my oldest daughter, Hannah Bulger, who is 18. She's everything good in the world and she's (laughs) going to be my guest today. Hannon, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm really glad to have you here. I'm a little worried, though. It's the first time I've recorded the podcast, so I'm afraid there are going to be a gajillion technical difficulties. I think it'll be okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, So one of the questions Brett and I like to ask each other is, where have you seen the Holy Spirit at work? I think for me, it's definitely in Brett and Allie's baby Evie Mm because babies are such a gift from God and especially Evie. She's so perfect. Yeah, she's got all that thick, dark hair. She's pretty great. Yes. Well, it's kind of similarly, I'll tell you the thing that made me think of like the Holy Spirit at work in the world is last night, the four of us were in our house at home and you and Ryan made me laugh so much. (laughs) And I think that like finding delight in someone and just sharing a good belly laugh together is always the work of the Holy Spirit. For sure. So that was it for me. Well, before we get started, Hannah, would you mind leading us in prayer? Yes, of course. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us where we have gone astray. By your Holy Spirit, allow us to do good and increase it even more. Keep us all in safety and bless us each that we may know and serve you. Amen. Amen. So our passage today is from the book of Acts. It's the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 3, and then we'll jump over to the 14th chapter, verses 8 through 18. Now, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Meninan, member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. In Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet and had never walked, for he had been crippled from birth. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. And Paul, looking at him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And the man sprang up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lycaonian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifice. When the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to follow their own ways, yet he has not left himself without a witness in doing good, 
giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they scarcely restrain the crowds from offering sacrifice to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Okay, I have a few questions for you. I'm ready, I think. First, what has happened before this passage? Okay, so this takes place in the book of Acts. And what we have at the very beginning of the book of Acts is Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes down on the disciples and all the people who are gathered there. And they start to form the church. They um, go out and they're pastoring. They elect deacons. And then um, Peter has an experience, which we talked about in worship last week, where God, the Holy Spirit, reveals to him that even Gentiles, people who are not Jewish, can be invited into the church. And so Peter is so convicted by this, he goes back and tells the other disciples. And so finally, we've got the Gentiles being welcomed into the church, and that's where this passage finds us. I've got a question for you. See if you remember your Bible knowledge. Okay. What is significant about this city of Lystra? It's the first all-Gentile city that they've been to. That's right. It's the first time when they are speaking to um, people and sharing the gospel that there aren't Jews in it. And it's really interesting because most of the time when they share the gospel, they relate it back to the Old Testament and what they've learned. But these people don't have that knowledge. And so this is them talking just from the beginning about what the gospel might be for people who have no idea about the um, the God of um, Israel. So they share this, this sermon with them, really. And um, they relate it to all of the goodness that they see in their life and in the natural world. And Paul and Barnabas are saying, look, this is, this is God. This is what this is. Why do the people think that Paul and Barnabas are gods? Is that that's my question? I'm sorry, that question was supposed to be for me. Hannon, you asked me that. Okay, I have two actually. So first, why do the people think Paul and Barnabas are gods, and why are Paul and Barnabas upset about that? I'd be pretty psyched. <laughs> it is true, right? That you think you'd be like, yeah, I'm that good. They think I'm a god. Well, um, so first of all. This takes place in Roman culture, and if you remember um, Roman mythology, it was believed that there were a lot of different gods and that sometimes the gods would come down in the form of a human. And so when they heal this man and they speak these amazing words of the gospel, people think a god has come. And so they start treating them like gods. They even bring someone from the temple of Zeus to come down and they bring bulls that they're going to sacrifice. But Paul and Barnabas are horrified because for them, um, they know that no one is like God, Mm -hmm. that this is the work of God, and to call them gods is the worst kind of idolatry. And so what the crowd means is as like really kind of a compliment and this belief in who they are, they're just really upset because they never want the gospel to be um, something that they deliver. They want it to always be the Holy Spirit and point back toward the Lord, our God. And so that's why they're so upset. They're like, no, 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 we're not gods. Right. Now, do you think people often assume that their ministers are special somehow? Yes, definitely. I definitely think that for lots of reasons, you know, um, people think that their ministers have been like, you know, born with something different, you know, they're (laughs) holier than thou. But 
I think in my experience, I think I know that's not true. Like you totally know it's not true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to be kind to me, but let's you just say it. Well, you're my mom first and foremost, and you're my minister. And I think that I see a side of you that not everybody sees. And to me, you're just a normal person. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, it's pretty unrealistic to hold ministers to some sort of expectation that you wouldn't hold a normal person to because their gift happens to be in the church. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Does the fact that you know me so well and you see me, you know, frousty and angry or whatever, totally grumpy, does that mean on Sundays when I share the gospel that you don't hear the word of God? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, you don't know any other way. Right. Like, I don't know any other way, but I still get a lot out of church. But I just don't know what it would be like if I heard somebody else preach, you know? Right, But right. I think the fact that I know I can't hold any minister to some sort of crazy expectation, I think I get as yeah. much out of it. I think ministers do have to be held to a standard in that they should at least be trying to live in the Christian way. Do well, you know what I well, mean? right. That's their job. You but know, they're not I think perfect. You, you should hold them to what their job is. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you should expect them to make the right decision every time or you know, expect yeah. them to, you know, just be like, a I don't know, I was about to say like a priest, but yeah, kind of defeats the whole point. Um, since I've got you here. Okay. Um, do you like having a mom who's a pastor or do are you like, sometimes I wish you were just sitting with me in the pew? No, I definitely, well, okay. One, I would love, I love it when you sit with me in the pew, but two, mm-hmm. I love having a mom that's a pastor because I feel like my experience with the church has been really special. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not something a lot of people get to have, but I also think that that has a lot to do with you and not, Mm. you know, the job, you know, there are lots of stereotypes about how preachers, kids turn out. And I think like, I'm not like that because of what you and dad, how y'all decided to parent me like normal parents and not hold me to any crazy expectation. Mm. Is there any chance you're going to become a minister? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Why not? Well, it's the same reason like doctors' kids never become doctors. You know what I mean? I see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, I guess so. You know all of it. Right. But you never know. No, I know. You never know if God will call you. He doesn't want to call me. (laughs) He better not call me. Uh, You know, I'm pretty sure I've said those same words myself. I'm going to hang up the phone. (laughs) Uh, Hannon, thank you so much for joining us and talking about this passage and talking about imperfect preachers. Would you mind closing us out with a quote? For sure. Author Henry Blackaby writes, Will God ever ask you to do something you are not able to do? The answer is yes, all the time. It must be that way, for God's glory and kingdom. If we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory. If we function according to the power of the Spirit within us, God gets the glory. He wants to reveal himself to a watching world. Oh my gosh. Like, I did not know we were going to talk about you being a minister and then to have I your know. next thing. Is, well, God ever asked to do something I that feel you're like not it was able to do? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for joining us, friends. Hannon will be back with me. Brett is on leave this time for about four weeks, and so she's going to be my special so you, guest. You can't get rid of me. I can't, like I would ever. No, the podcast listens are about to drop. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll track it on a spreadsheet. Did we get fewer listeners? Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us, and of we hope course. you'll join us again next week. And now, friends, as you go about your day, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now and in the life everlasting. Amen. Amen.